Hey guys, welcome to the Simple Power Podcast. This is episode number 35 and I'm so excited that you're here. This is part one of a two-part interview with Tim Walls, who is a business consultant that operates in the supernatural power of God, teaching CEOs and business owners and training leadership teams around the world about unlocking kingdom principles to see their businesses grow and advance. No matter what you do in life, if you own a business or you work in a job or you're in the ministry or none of the above, there is value here for you. You are going to learn this week and next week how to apply kingdom principles to be led by the Spirit of God to see growth in your life. So please stay tuned. Episode 35 starts right now. Well, hey guys, welcome to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about experiencing the presence and the power of God in our daily lives. This is episode number 35, and I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. I'm so grateful that you're here, so thanks for clicking, thanks for taking the time to listen or to watch this week's episode. It really means the world to me. If this ministers to you in any way, if you would consider subscribing and maybe even sharing with that one person that God brings into your mind that you think could benefit from this as well, that would really mean the world to me. So again, I'm really, really excited that you're here. I'm excited for what the Spirit of God is going to speak to us this week. I've got a special guest with me today, a a new, a very new friend of mine, actually, uh, Tim Walls, joining with us all the way from Redding, California. And Tim is a business consultant, but a, a business consultant unlike any that I've ever seen before. He works with businesses of all shapes and sizes, really, from small enterprises all the way up to very large multi-million dollar corporations, teaching business owners, CEOs, leadership teams how to develop kingdom culture within their businesses, how to uh, just learn to live from the presence of God, hearing the voice of God, unlocking kingdom strategies for growing their business, developing healthy cultures within their business, and among their teams. And uh, legitimately, it's probably the coolest thing that I've ever heard. Tim, of course, is going to elaborate on that a uh, little bit more for us and exactly what that looks like. But this is the real deal, everybody. So I'm super excited about this. It's one thing to make that kind of a claim that you're bringing kingdom culture and all this kind of stuff. But Tim has real results. He's going to share some stories with us and things like that. But God is just doing some mind-blowing things through Tim Walls and through his team, not just here in America, but around the world, impacting the business world, the corporate world in really, really incredible ways. Just very recently, Tim and I connected. And when I saw what he was doing, I just really felt like the Lord was was leading me to reach out to Tim. And he so, so graciously connected with me. And in our first conversation ever, he <laughs> went off on me prophetically in such an awesome way as a really positional and confirmative word um, that the Lord gave him for me and, and for my entire family. And it was really awesome, pr- really profoundly impacted me. So Jehovah Sneaky kind of set me up there. But <laughs> but anyway, Tim, thanks so much, brother. Uh, my life's already been just profoundly impacted by you, just by you being you and doing what you do. So thank you so much, man. Thanks for being here. I'm really honored to have you on the program. So how you doing today, brother? Good. Thanks so much, man, for having me. It's a, a true honor. And uh, it was great. I'm so glad you reached out too, because 
uh, we found that some of our roots go back to similar places back at Bible school. Um, but it's it's an honor to be on here and just be a part of what God is doing in the world and even through what you're releasing through your podcast as well. So thanks, man. I knew this or at least had the idea. We have the same alma mater going back to Elam Bible Institute and college, I think they call it now. So yeah, we knew some of the same people, but had never really personally connected. And so can we start with maybe a little bit of background on you sure. first of all and go from there? Sure, I would love to. Yeah, uh, so I grew up in um, church setting. My dad and uh, mother were pastors in a church, church planted uh, one, and then uh, moved around to a couple different churches, uh, pastoring, lead pastoring. Uh, in fact, my dad's still at, at the same church for the last, I believe, 30 some years. Uh, went into Bible school, as we mentioned, Elam Bible Institute. Um, and my whole context was going into church ministry. Um, felt a call of God in my life when I was younger. Um, very excited, passionate about preaching and being pastor and, and just ministry in general. Uh, and so that's my focus. That's what I looked at. And then went to Bible school. Um, when I got finished with Bible school, got led to, we got led to a, a church. I got led to a church in a small town in New York and came on as a youth pastor. But of course, when you're in a small church, you end up doing a lot of things, as we all know, from serving to leading to, to helping in children's ministry to whatever that might be. Uh, was there for nine years, met my wife there. Uh, we had two kids, um, just really pursuing what, you know, um, what we felt was on our lives there. Um, after a season, we moved out to Redding, California after about uh, being there for about nine years, felt like the Lord was shifting us. We we're coming out to Redding to be a part of a church called Bethel, just to be a part of the Glean. Uh, just to, they're, they're experiencing a lot of miraculous miracles and experiencing a lot of things we preach about but actually walking that out. And it was, uh, a lot, many people know about it, but it, uh, obviously the worship was very significant, but just the, the mess, not just the message, but the actual practical experience of the miraculous, of lives being transformed, of changes. It's not that God wasn't doing things throughout the world, but this was a particular place we felt called to go and just glean from the leadership there. And uh, obviously Bill Johnson, Chris Valton and others, but uh, we came out here. And again, I thought I was going to be here for about a year and then get launched back into church ministry. Uh, the Lord obviously shifted that. We are here for about a year. I was working with a guy for a season and end up, uh, he, he had a company that his dad started in about 20 years prior to that and out of North Carolina. He said, hey, Tim, I'm leaving. You can take over if you want to. I didn't want to do it because I didn't feel called to business. I uh, didn't want to have anything to do with that. But I really felt like the Lord really stirred my heart to, to do it. And um, I took it on and we began to grow and develop it. I hired out a number of people, developed a whole system, actually went back to the main office in North Carolina, helped them restructure a bunch of things and really grow and develop it. It was, it was, it was a great experience. Now, in the midst of I got to tell you this, because I think this is part of the journey, is I was really struggling and doing business because I would have never preached it as a minister but I felt second class. I felt second class doing what I was doing because I didn't feel like I was fulfilling the call of God in my life. Wow. And, gotcha. you know, I love Elam. I love uh, Elam Fellowship. It's my heritage. It's where we came from. My dad's still an Elam pastor um, from Elam Fellowship. I was ordained with them for many years. Love the people there. But there is this underlying message that was there if that if uh, not intentionally. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if it was intentionally or uh not being intentional about it, but there was this message of growing up in the culture of the East Coast that if you weren't in the church uh, pastoring or leading there or on a mission field um, or worship leader, then you really weren't in ministry. You weren't fulfilling the call of God in your life. And again, it wasn't preached. 
but it was the underlying message that was communicated. And so it was this thing inside of me. It's amazing because I had crazy prophetic words in my life about church ministry. And um, at least, well, I put it in that context. You know, it's amazing. It's the verse, the scripture says that we, we, we uh, know in part, we prophesy in part. Uh, but we also interpret a part, I believe, too, because we we interpret the prophetic word based upon the the lenses we have during that time. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, 100%. And, and, that's, and that's a challenge because then we, we try to apply the prophetic words to where we're at, what we think it meant, and um, we begin to really strap ourselves in. I really, really box ourselves in to those things. And so, anyways, I was out here. We were seeing some great growth with this company, but it was this internal struggle. Like, I did, I was a passionate about business. I mean, we're, we were seeing miracles, by the way. We were seeing some crazy stuff happening. We had uh, our door-to-door sales guys go out, and uh, as they're going out door-to-door to talk to people, they would get uh, words of knowledge and basically messages from God, things that God wanted to do in that individual's lives. And so God would speak something to the individual, say, hey, that person has something going on with their back. And so out of that, we you know, we'll just train those people that were saved and believers in our sales team that want to do that. Uh, just how to process that, how to approach that. So they would go talking to somebody about their TV service because it was a telecommunication company, a satellite company. And they would talk to them about the TV service and the Lord would give them this impression that there is a uh, something going on in their body, like the, ro- the rotator cuff. So we'd go, hey, is there something going on with your rotator cuff, by the way? The guy would look strange at us like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's, we're like, well, uh, sometimes we get messages from God and we just shared testimonies of people getting healed. And they're like, that's crazy. I said, well, can we pray for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. And we'd pray for them. And God would just show up and heal people. Rotator cuffs, grow, uh, legs growing out, scoliosis healed. I had a lady who had two bulging discs. Disapp- one of them completely disappeared. She had three back surgeries and she couldn't bend over. She's bending over by the end of the time, uh, laughing, taking her oxygen off, breathing completely fine. I mean, man. Just some crazy, crazy on, stories. I've got, I mean, uh, uh, cartilage missing um, in knees. I mean, this is in business. This was in the workplace. So it was really cool to see some of those things take place. But the challenge for me was I didn't want to do it because I wasn't in ministry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was passionate about preaching. I was passionate about lead, uh, winning the lost or stadiums or doing uh, fulfilling the call of God in my life. And it was just challenging, man. It was it was hard because I'm seeing great fruit here, but yet back more fruit sometimes in the business setting, Duke, than I did in a church. Wow. I was seeing more people experience the presence of God, power of God, salvation, and healings than I what did in the church uh back in New York. But it was it was a struggle internally. I remember having two conversations and uh that really transformed my, my helped me change it. One was a, a friend of mine, Banding Liebesher, who is a, a overseas yep. Jesus culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're sitting talking and he said, he goes, um, we're talking about the growth and the company and the business. He goes, that's great, Tim. I'm glad to hear it. So what's the problem? I said, Banding, I'm not passionate about this. I don't want to do this. He's like, what? And he goes, you're seeing all these miracles. And I said, yeah, I know, but this is not what I'm like, because the phrase around here, and I think across the, the church bodies, what are you passionate about? Like, go after your passion. What are you pursuing? Yep. And just allow your passion to drive you and go. And, and uh, so I was doing the same thing. And he said, Tim, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He goes, do you trust God with your future? I'm like, of course I do. And he goes, okay, what if God said for the next five years, I want you to focus on your, being, uh, your family, being a part of a church, because I've always been in leadership in a church my whole life. 
inside ministry, always doing leadership. Now I'm just attending this church at Bethel. And he goes, being, uh, being, you know, growing your family, developing your family, being a part of a church, and growing your business. As soon as he said, growing my business, everything inside of me just cringed. I said, no, I don't want to do that. Why? Well, I, I told you, I'm not passionate about it. I don't want that. And he said to me, he goes, Tim, I thought you trusted God with your future. I said, I thought I did too. <laughs> because the reality of God's asking me, can I give my next five years to this? Then I need to trust that God will actually do what he said he would do. But I was so fixed on accomplishing, pursuing, taking hold of what I'm called to do that I was actually missing out on the present. I was wow. missing out where I was at right then and what God was giving me the opportunity because I was so excited to, to advance and to achieve and to, uh, to go after the prophetic words and the dreams of my heart that I would skip over what God's trying to even do now. And uh, another conversation was uh, with Eric Johnson, who's the senior pastor here over the local church. And we're sitting down, similar type of conversation. A bunch of things was growing in the church, uh, with the business even more so. Um, some people had asked me to be a part of some business ministry, kingdom business thing, having a business thing. And I'm just struggling because I'm like, I'm almost all in because the business is still growing. We're seeing God do some stuff. But it's just like this little hesitation of fully giving myself to go after God using me in the business. It really, the reality, Duke, and I, I've said this to you before, is like my identity and value was wrapped up in what I was doing. So my identity value is all based upon ministry. And so I got my, my, my approval from that. I got my significance from that. I got my, my, my um, satisfaction wow. in that place. And so it was hard for me to give myself to something else when my insecurity was not being fed. Wow. <laughs> of, uh, and my significance was not yeah. being fed. So God had to really reroute, redo a whole bunch of stuff, uproot some stuff and rewire stuff in my mind. And, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry for making the story too long, but I'll, I'll sum it up here in a second. That's good. So I'm having this conversation with Eric and he actually wrote about it in a book that he had. And, um, and I put it in my book too because it was so significant for me because we're sitting there having coffee, talking about life and kids and different things. And it was fun. And, and I was telling him, I said, I just got invited to be a part of an organization and help them build stuff but with more in business and partnering with God in business. And I said, he goes, what's the problem? I said, Eric, I'm almost all in. But I'm still struggling, man. I'm still struggling with fully giving myself to business because it's like, this is like all my prophetic words and all these passions and all these things. And I trust God now. I'm doing better with trusting God. I kind of, but I'm still like struggling here, like fully giving myself. I'm like 90% there. He goes, Tim, is it possible that if you said yes, you feel like you'd be labeled as the business guy? Like that's going to be what everybody recognizes you as. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, back in the East Coast, I'm doing youth conferences or camps or, you know, I'm the, uh, it's a ministry context. And so I'm the one that know, you know, potentially to invite to speak or do some different things. And here I'm the cable guy, dude. I'm the cable guy, like the movie, you know, I'm the cable guy that, that, Hey Tim, my TV is messed up. Could you come help us fix this? Wow. And I'm like, awesome. Absolutely. Be right on that. And it was right. I was, again, it was going after my identity and, but he goes, Tim, is it, is, uh, when he asked me, is it possible that I, I'd be afraid to be labeled as the business guy? And I said, yeah, I'm like, I'm already the cable guy. What are you kidding me? And he goes, it sounds like you got a little issue with fear of man, afraid of what people think about you. Man. I'm like, uh, okay. He goes, let me ask you another question though. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I hope it's not as bad as the first one. And he goes, what if, what if, are you afraid that if you said yes to this fully, giving yourself fully to what's in front of you, that you feel like you want to fulfill the things that have been on your heart to do? I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be trapped. I'm going to be boxed into this place. 
And he said something that just liberated me. He goes, Tim, it sounds like you got a problem with trusting God with your future. And he goes, you're afraid that God cannot do what he said he would do because of what you're doing right now. Wow. And I'm like, it was like this stabs of just rooting out stuff. I'm like, thanks, Eric. I'm just going to go and suffer over here for a little bit. But it, it was changed my perspective between those conversations and multiple other ones too. But those particular ones that really, um, really shifted something for me. Um, other ones that would call me out, a guy named Andy Mason who does Heaven a Business who I, I was running with for a long time. Uh, he, he's like, Tim, you're made for this. And it cringed inside of me because I didn't want to do this. And uh, Paul Manwaring has a, he's a, a, he was a pastor out here for a while. Uh, he's over in uh, Europe and, but he's in the UK. He just, he said, you know, he's got this message. You're, you're not second class citizens. And that was a message that I felt second class doing business and not fulfilling the call of God, quote unquote. But what shifted for me is I realized that I am who I am, no matter what I'm doing. And I get to experience the presence of God the full manifestation of the miraculous inside any setting that I'm at. I could preach in front of a thousand people, 500 people, 10 people, or do business and, and uh, be in front of a CEO or executive. And I get to carry the presence of God. I get to tap into heaven's strategies and heaven's solutions no matter where I'm at. And uh, we started experimenting that. So getting to where I'm at now, we start experimenting with that in our business of what it looks like to partner with God. In our business. So when sales weren't coming through, we wouldn't just stop. We wouldn't just pound the pavement. Let's go, go, go. We tried that. But we also learned how to pull back and say, okay, God, what, what's your battle plan? What do we need to do? Because if you, if you remember in scripture, the battle plans typically weren't the same. If you looked at David, when they acquired, uh, when the enemy came up against him and they acquired of the Lord and they said, uh, do we go up against him? And uh, David's, the Lord said, yep, go after him. Three or four verses later, same enemy comes up against him. David stopped and acquired again. Most time in businesses, we don't ask again. Man. If it worked last time, let's do it yep. again. That's in life. Yep. Um, but he didn't stop and he acquired of the Lord. God, do we go? And the Lord gave him a different strategy. You look at Joshua walking around the walls of Jericho. Crazy strategy. Leading millions of people. The Lord gave him a strategy to walk around, around the walls of Jericho. You look at Jehoshaphat, same thing. So anyways, we just learned different things and we can talk about that stuff. Fast forward, ended up closing that company down in 2014, had a prophetic dream in 2013 that the Lord said, you're going to have a consulting company that's going to be uh, have prophetic insight into individual lives and corporations to bring radical growth and transformation. I didn't have a clue what that meant, man, but it was <laughs> yeah. one of those dreams that you wake up and you're like, oh God, you're all over this. He gave us so much revelation. I'm like, God, I don't even know what to do with that. I'm, I'm, yeah, whatever. I kind of shelved it, but it's still in my back of my heart. After we closed down the company um, in 2014 through different situations, um, uh, a number a number of people came up to me, hey, have you considered consulting? Have you considered consulting? I'm like, yep, I have. Okay, I'll try it out. And uh, so um, we can get into that more later on, but uh, the, the, the practical was in that process of um, starting the consulting company off. I started talking to a number of people about how do you build a consulting company, uh -huh. and they get the guys um, uh, gave me all these different things what you need to do value propositions, marketing strategies, you know all the different uh, five steps to give every company so they can grow all those things. So I'm sitting there at my desk trying to put this stuff together. It felt so stressful, felt like a weight, um, and I'm like oh, this is not working. I'm I'm striving. I can feel I can feel the angst, and I, and the Lord said what are you doing? I said, well, this is how you build a consulting company. Who told you that? Wow. I said, well, that's what everybody does. The Holy Spirit said, Tim, I told you this was going to look different than you've ever seen before. Throw that away. 
And that was the invitation for me to go after what God had given me to partner with him that looked contrary to what everybody else did, but to listen to his voice to build what I'm doing. But the whole goal of what I was doing is to help other people do the same thing. So he was taking me through that journey of listening to him and navigating so with him as I was helping yeah. other people do it. And, um, and it's just been amazing because right now, you said it, the core of what we do is we bridge the gap between the practical and the spiritual. And we talk about the spiritual here, which is great. The reality is it's got to be the both and. It's the practical application of what we preach about in the church service. All the principles, all the core concepts, it's the, there's a huge gap from when it's spoken at the pulpit or a message online or a podcast to, okay, what does that look like when I'm in my business? And that's what we're really going after is working with the CEOs and executives and companies to practically do that. So we have the hiring and the firing. We've got the marketing. We've got the processes and strategies. We have all these different things that we work with because they have to happen. Yeah. We have right. to have those processes in place, but it's learning how to do it with God. So we help people do both and not just be all spiritual and not practical and not all practical and not spiritual. So it's it's wow. the both and because there is no sacred and secular. Everything we do is spiritual. So it's walking with God in everything we do and learning how to be aware of that and that process. So long answer to your short question there, Duke, sir, uh, but that kind of gave you a, a summary of how I got to where I'm at now. I'm like jumping out of my seat because uh, this is what I this is what I live for. Like this is what the the reason I started this podcast is exactly this. And and when you said that phrase, because that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you was where is the line between sacred and spiritual or or excuse me, sacred and secular or spiritual and secular? And I. I did. A, I recorded a video a couple of days ago where that was that was what was on my mind, on my heart, and it was just this thing about we think that sometimes we have these we compartmentalize our lives, right? Yeah. And yep. we have this thing where it's like, okay, well, I go to I go to church and I read my Bible and I worship and I pray, and those are the spiritual aspects of my life. But then when I go to work and I do my yep. job or I run my company or I tuck my kids in at night or yep. I'm, I'm cleaning the dishes, the things that we do in life where they're practical just because they're practical and they're part of life doesn't mean that they're not spiritual because we are spirit beings and we carry his presence yeah. with us everywhere that we go. So the fact that you're living that out as a businessman in your life, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful for you, bro, that you shared that with us about the struggle that you had going through it, going from, well, Lord, this is what you've been put, you know, this is what's been on my heart forever for so many years but to translate it into 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 another avenue for it. But you're the same person that God has always declared that you are. It's just maybe utilizing that gifting and that passion and the anointing that God has placed on your life in a, in a different um, maybe atmosphere or in a different way than what you thought it would look like. But that's so, it's so good. It's so relevant for everybody because Paul says, God's given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for what? For the for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And I believe in something that I say on this show regularly is that whatever you do, I don't care if you are a you know, if you're a doctor, you're a stay-at-home mom, you run your own business, or you're preaching behind a pulpit somewhere, you you are a minister because the Spirit of God lives inside of you. Our first ministry is always to Him. But the outworking of it in our lives, because we carry his presence with us into every yeah. situation, yeah. is that, yeah, I love that, man. I love knocking on the doors and getting a word of knowledge for somebody when this, we're not here to, we're not here to evangelize. We're here to, you know, fix somebody's issue or, or whatever. We're here for a business purpose, but, but God doesn't see a distinction 
between, like you said, the the secular, the sacred. He doesn't see a distinction between, well, that's for uh, being led by the spirit is for this context. God's like, nope, <laughs> you belong yeah. to me. My spirit lives inside of you and you take me with you everywhere that you go. So, yeah, I, I tell you, Duke, I, the, the, the challenge for for all of us is learning how to walk with intimately with the Holy Spirit Absolutely. in every aspect of life. And the reality is we, it's easy to preach about a, a great revelation. It's easy to get a download of, um, or for ministers that is, and we speak another revelation, you know, about how to do this. It's another thing to walk it out. Yes. And so we, we, we tend to be okay with the salvation aspect that we, we, you know, we encounter God, we hear the voice of God, get baptized for those that are in the Holy Spirit, um, to, to hear God in our, in our, in our devotional time. But something happens. It's crazy. When we step out of that, we still talk to God. A lot of people still do this. Like they're in their day-to-day, God, please help me. I need your grace. We hear Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of people out there that actually are partnering with God in everything and what they're doing because they're able to do it. There's a, but there's a lot that we separate and we, we, we like you said, compartmentalize those places um, with God. And business is one of them. But family is another one. I mean, Going and, and listening to Holy Spirit, how to parent your kids, yeah. or what to say with your your spouse when things are going on, versus just being reactionary, you know. And the same thing is in business. My world right now, what God has given me this lane is is transforming the business world, the professional world, and helping people equip them to unpackage this 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 paradigm, this mindset, this this way of living that God has given us access to that very few mm-hmm. people tap into. Because we all know that God has created everything. We all know that God is the creator and the innovator. The, 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 we talk about heavenly, strate- heaven strategies, heavenly strategies, but what does it actually look like? Right, and so yeah. learning how to live with him in the day-to-day decisions, in the processes, learning how to be aware of what he's saying to doing. I love Romans 8.14. It says, the mature children of God. This is in the Passion Translation. The mature, mature children of God are those only moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So good. It's it's that rhythms of the Lord, learning how to do it, not just a cool one-liner, but actually what does it look like when you are faced, uh, so business-wise, what does it look like when you don't have payroll this week? What does it look like mm-hmm. when you're when you you got to, you have found out that somebody is carrying a spirit of manipulation and division in your company? What what do we do with, to do that? Because it's causing a major problem and conflict there. What does it look like when um, no funding is coming in for this crazy initiative you have that you know God's giving you twenty prophetic words on, but it's a business? <laughs> yeah. And do we go get funding? Do we not get funding? God, what are you saying and doing? So I and I'll say this. Most of us get prophetic words or we get ideas from God and we say, oh, God, thanks. And we go and figure out how to do it on our own. And we kind of leave God back here. We might like, God, you said, so you got to bless. Yeah. But God's like, no, I want to be a part of the journey. Wow. Like, because here's the thing I believe is that God only shows us a few things. shows us part of it. We know part, we prophesy part. We see things. We don't have the full perspective. And as we go, God says, oh, by the way, this is better than you thought as you walk with me. Let me show you a bigger picture to that, and then a bigger picture to that. But many times we get—it's kind of like we get focused on B or C. Let's call it letter C. Here, A is me, B is God, and C is the answer. God's like, oh, hey, I actually had the whole alphabet prepared for you, <laughs> but you're just focused on trying to do this, and we 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 bypass the process with God because 
It's not the normal way. I love Romans 12 where it says, do not be conformed, uh, uh, conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's the thing of, that's the thing I find uh, is the biggest thing of what we're going after is we have set up business. We look at the um, people of uh, in business and those that have been successful and say, this is the pattern. This is the model. This is the, this is the way we do it. This is how it's been done successfully before. And then we follow into that format. And I love what Bill Johnson says, like there's an invitation to this heavenly realm. We can talk about this more later on, but this heavenly realm that God's invited us into that will give us access to things that others have not ever found. But it's only by living in this place of yieldedness and this place of, of, of presence, this place of rest and peace, um, this place of, uh, of, of walking with the spirit. And again, we can talk about that another time. But as you said, I'll just say this, go back to this. I shared the, about the difficult times because I could tell you many, many, many challenges sure. in that process. And I remember this season where it just like everything was stripped away. And the Lord said, I got God, I thought you were going to come through. You promised all the things. And the Lord said, there's there's a crack in your foundation that I had to remove everything. Because if I would have built anything more and gave you the things that I promised you during that time, it would have crumbled. So those cracks were insecurity, you know. Uh, this thing of insignificance, this uh, this entitlement, private, primarily entitlement that was there that God had to strip down, rebuild, re- heal, and uh, recalibrate who I was in order for me to really step into some of the things that are on my life. Wow, man, it's so good. I think it's so key is this thing about just being led by the Spirit, hearing the voice of God, recognizing that like we we have access to this presence. Like you just said, that that quote from Bill Johnson of, of having access to this heavenly realm where everything that we need everything that we need is in his presence but it's not this thing of well this is for this is for church and this is just for you know what we consider to be ministry the outworking of the goodness of god becomes so uh, apparent as we as we live our lives out and and we do the things that he's called us to do let me just say this business owners that are listening to me but are listening to this podcast or even church leaders the reality is we actually all function in this capa- this mindset of um, performance and just going and building and accomplishing and um, taking what people have done and trying to apply it to our churches or businesses. So we're all we all do this. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, like, I'll talk to ch- church leaders and, and work with church organizations at times. And it's I, 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 we're in the conversations and they're strategizing. And I'm like, hey, hang on a second. Can we just stop and ask Holy Spirit about that? And they're like, oh, oh yeah, that, that actually would probably be a good idea. Yeah. I mean, and so because we all get into that process of like, let's go. We got to figure this out. Okay, this church did this, and this is how they did this. And okay, I think God's saying this, and this is the best way. Instead of we're all invited into this journey of walking so with the Lord. And some people, there's a grace to really easily do it in this lane, and other people, it's not. I mean, and I'll, I'll say this. My wife and I were just talking about this with my, my kids just recently where there's some conflict with my oldest daughter and I. Uh, we have similar personalities, and we're clashing and some things. And and uh, she, my wife goes, so what is Holy Spirit saying about it? I'm like, I don't know. I just want her to listen and obey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my my wife, I'm like, it's, I, I, was, I said to her, I said, it's amazing. I could do this so easily with in business with clients and CEOs all around. Yes. And yet at my home, it's a different environment. It's a different situation Crazy. of learning how not to react and how to learn how to hear and listen, how to walk in peace. Yeah. So uh, so I, I say this is, this is an invitation for us all in every realm of, of life and society. 
whether you're a nurse. I mean, I have a nurse that's on my team uh, who's one of our intercessors. She's amazing. And she's learning how to do this at a hospital. I mean, she's, you know, how to carry this in there as she's uh, helping deliver babies. And um, I, I mean, I have others that, uh, I mean, again, I've worked with, you said, multiple industries. It doesn't matter where you're at. It's learning how to shift our perspective, shift our, our way of thinking. And and uh, I love how Heidi Baker says, stop for the one. I mean, not just the one yeah. in front of us, but for him. Yes. And and so uh, it's learning how to do that. When I when I first came to where I am now, which was about not, almost nine years ago, when I came here to Mobile, Alabama, working uh, now where I'm at, my uh, my senior pastor, my bishop, his name is is Bennett Smith, and uh, been been working under him for a long time. God really connected us as far as you know vision and stuff like that. Um, I I started taking a look at what he was already doing around the world as far as planting churches and just different things, and really saw that uh, what God was speaking to me about. At that time, this is probably going back 10 or 11 years where God really started to first speak to me about church planting and, and all these different kind of things, but in a, in, a, in a way where he laid it out for me. And it was a lot bigger than anything that I ever thought that I would be doing in the ministry. I knew I was going to be in ministry for, for years at that point, but it was, my concept was, very, was a lot smaller than what God's idea was. And so it, it took me a little while to get there, but I was like, all right, well, if this is you, you know, who, where do I go? Who do I partner with? And all this kind of stuff. And when God brought me here, he would ask this question over and over again, and he still asks it to this day, and it still gets on my nerves, and it's, what is God saying? Such a simple question, and that really is the foundation of our lives. We listen and we obey. And when we live life that way, where it's not, well, let me try to figure it out first, and then when it doesn't work out and I make a mess for myself, then I try to bring God into it, and I want God to bless the mess that I've created. But it's like if we just live our lives from that simple place of, like you said, intimacy with God, He'll lead us because we're his sheep and we hear his voice. And, you know, maybe we'll have time. I don't know if we'll have time to get into it or not. Is some things about learning to be led and learning to hear his yeah. voice. Sure. I think that's so key. But like you said, I've gotten to a point through the years where not that I'm by no means, I'm still learning and by no means perfect at anything, but where in a ministry context, I can hear God pretty quick as far as the prophetic and, you know, yep. ministering yep. to other people like that. But then it's like I get into a situation where I have a problem with whether it's a bill being paid or it's just yeah. trying to figure out where to where to yeah. do this or, or how to do this or whatever. And it's like, OK, well, what is God saying? I'm like, I haven't thought about it because I'm just this is my <laughs> life. Like this is just it's day, a normal pattern. Things. Yeah. And we don't realize yeah. that he's that practical and he's that good that he wants to lead us in those the things that we consider mundane. It's not just for these big time decisions that we have to make, like who do I marry and where do I go to school? The the day-to-day -day things of being led by him and even being open to the point where, I don't know, you're about to, you're about to do something. You're about to buy something that is like a normal thing. And God's like, put that back. And, or God's like, not right now. Yeah. And for some reason he's telling you that, but just those simple things, those subtle things, we tend to dismiss those we don't recognize sometimes that God really does speak to us on that level. It's a yeah. it's a day by day, minute by minute, just being led by the Spirit. And sorry, let me just say that's people can get into control with that. I don't know if yep. you've seen that. I've seen that a lot. Yep. People can get into a, a controlling, manipulative kind of thing if they don't have the right concept of the Father. 
they can think that he's trying to control their lives and we can start oh well i need to god told me to wear blue today so i have to wear blue or god told yeah. me like and you start to it's weird you, yeah you start to make it this weird thing where it becomes yeah. works and it becomes oh if i if i miss god on this then That's something right. bad's gonna happen and i've lived yeah. through that and for a long time i ignored god's voice because of that because i was afraid yep. of falling back into it and i think that there's people that are there and that there's there's a line there where we have to recognize hold on yeah he does want to speak to you he does want to lead you in everything because because he's that good but recognize that because he's that good he's not beating you up or condemning right. you if you're That's missing right. it or anything like that yeah i think i'll just add to it because i was going to say that almost the same thing you just said is we get some people especially growing up i remember again weird like okay holy spirit what shirt i'm supposed to wear today okay jesus like do i go outside do i not go outside and it gets Bro, kind I was of, one of those weird people for a, yeah, for a yeah. while yeah but i think it's all good intent like the heart is like i really god i just want to do what you're doing but it gets yeah. it, without the right guidance and the steps and the, the the navigating of how to do that and grow and healthy, it can get weird. Now the other side is I think a lot of people right now that are listening that are in business or you know professional world is they don't because they try to ask and they don't hear anything. And yeah. the, the reality is that a lot of times God speaks in different ways. Learning the language of the Spirit, mm-hmm. learning how God speaks to us. I remember this story, um, and I've shared this a number of times, but I, we were. We are, uh, uh, when we were at the satellite company, we had um, remote controls uh, that we would saw the TV service, but we'd get calls sometimes where the remotes would not work properly. And so we'd have to reprogram them over the phone. And so I'd get a call from some uh, from customers who said, hey, Tim, our remote's not working. Can you help us fix it? So we walked them through it. And I'd get calls, you know, every, you know, every two weeks or something like that. Every Maybe once a week, but usually every two weeks. It wasn't every day. But um, so this one day I got a call and then walked this person through it. 15 minutes later, I get another call. It's another person, problem with the remote. 30 minutes later, another call with the person with the remote. I'm like, this is weird. But I learned that when I see patterns, there's a lot of times that God is speaking in the midst of it. So I wow. just stopped and I said, God, what are you doing? What's going on? And he said, what you have influence over, you have authority over. Now, I know this is going to mess people up. It's going to be weird, but it's true. I can't deny what I experienced. So I felt like the Lord said, Tim, you have, you've installed every remote in these, these houses. You have authority over them. I said, okay. Wow. He goes, I want you to speak to the remotes to function the way they, design, they were designed. I'm like, I can't do that. I mean, they're remote controls. I know. I'm thinking <laughs> the same thing. Everyone that's listening to this, like, that's stupid. That's weird. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but God, I'll listen to you. So I just said, I declare every remote that we installed to work and function the way they were designed and created to do. Dude, I did not get another call for remotes for another six months. Wow. Like, stopped. <laughs> so in that process, it was learning. And we made mistakes, too. Like, I would, So the next time, you know, uh, something went wrong, I'm like, oh, I do com- command that everything functions the way they're designed to. It's not a formula. Jesus right. never healed people the same way, all the, like in the same pattern because we create formulas because we like step one, step two, step three. And that's wow. just wasn't, wasn't, that's not how God functions out of relationship. It's out of walking with him. The key scripture for me in, in my life, but even in business is Jesus said that he only did that, which he saw the father doing. And he only spoke what he heard the father speaking. And that's the invitation of like, father, what are you doing? Yes. I want to know what you're up to doing. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, An explanation of that is, God, what are you doing? I want to do what you're doing, and you'll take care of the rest. So it's sometimes we don't hear 
because he's not talking about that. Yeah. Sometimes we don't hear because he already told us something to do. And he, he's waiting for us to follow through with what he already asked us to do. Wow. Sometimes there's obstacles and we need other people to help us hear. Sometimes there is, it, it, it's so simple that we can't, we can't believe that that actually is what's happening mm-hmm. to be able to do it. I remember um, we are, and again, I talked to you about the battle plan. Um, so this is business situation. Uh, we are, uh, I have a, 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 a business owner, small business owner in New York who is um, short on payroll. And he said, Tim, I'm not, my, some of my clients have not paid. I'm sure payroll this week. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. He's a contractor. He's got crews out working. And he goes, but Tim, I remember that the, uh, what you shared your story that when, um, before that the battle plan's not always the same, that God gives us insight. And I had shared a bunch of testimonies with him too. By the way, I'm t- intentionally sharing testimonies because the testimony of Jesus is a spirit, spirit of prophecy. prophecy. Yes. But it's, it's a prophetic declaration that what Jesus did before, he'll do it again. So those that are listening, I have a testimony I speak. I'm releasing that over you, that God would do it again in your life. That where there needs to be breakthrough, there'll be breakthrough. That where there's hold up, there'll be hold up. That I believe actually people that haven't been able, been able to hear the voice of God or clarity, clarity is going to come to people. And I'm not just saying that. I'm speaking that I believe as a prophetic declaration over those that are listening that there's going to be clarity and the fogginess is going to be removed and that people are going to be able to hear him in, in decisions and processes that they need to know. So this uh, this client, he said, Tim, I remember you saying the battle plan is not always the same. And some of the crazy stuff that God had people do walk around walls of Jericho. I mean, these are not just, yeah. these are kings of nations or leaders of nations, not just, hey, let me see if I'm supposed to go buy this this, this car or this bag or whatever. These are people leading other nations. I mean, leading people. They're listening to the voice of God. So this guy stops. He goes, okay, I'm just going to ask the Lord. I said, okay. So he pulls his truck over. And we're on the phone. Pulls his truck over. Says, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do? What's the battle plan? He goes, the Lord says, go buy flowers for your wife and go home and play with your kids. <laughs> I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. And now this is not the craziest things I've heard. I've heard, I, I could tell you story after story, but this one, I'm like, so what are you going to do? Kind of being funny with him. He goes, well, uh, I don't know. I, I well, you got work crews, dude. You got work crews out there. It's the middle of the day. You really can't go home. And he's like, yes, I can. Yep. That's what I'm going to do. I'm like, really? He goes, yep. So he went bought flowers, went home, played with his kids. That night he got three calls for jobs. The next day he signed two of them. Wow. So there's the there's a uh, there's things there's times where God said go home and take a nap in the middle of the day for me I'm like I can't there's a problem going on with a customer and my client my guys are out there working on it I can't figure it out God what are we supposed to do go home take a nap that's stupid that doesn't make any sense <laughs> if you remember the story of Elijah uh, I think it was Elijah but the prophet told uh, some king came to Elijah and said hey I'm sick uh, what uh, how can I get healed and he says go dip yourself seven times in the river. The guy's like mad. He's like, that's stupid. Like I have rivers that are better than here in Israel. Why would I do that? And his servant, the king's servant said, if he told you to do something profound and like grandiose, like crazy, you would do it, right? Yeah. Why not try the simple thing? Wow. Fine, I'll do it. So there are things that the voice of God leads us to do that doesn't, I mean, the Red Sea, lift up your arms and stretch out your arms to split the Red Sea. Like, no, I need a boat. We got to get across right. this place now. <laughs> We're about to die. We need a boat. I don't even know what a boat is, because, but I need a boat. Like, like those type of things. And so it's like, um, they, uh, the Lord said to stretch his arms out. And so I'm just saying, the, those practical applications, God, the scripture is so practical. 
Well, but the problem is a lot of times we just don't know how to apply it. And I think that's a, a challenge for as in, influencers and speakers is a lot of times we speak theoretically and principles and great one-liners and good theories. Yeah. But like, what does that look like today? Yes. And that's my biggest thing even now is like what I'm walking with clients and business owners. And you said, it. I mean, it's from small businesses, startups to, you know, they've got hundreds of employees and millions and millions and millions of dollars coming in. But they still have challenges. They still have things. And it's walking with them in the journey. I love testimonies. But it's really the journey, Duke, that is so key and so critical yes. of how do we do this day in and day out? How do I, and here's the key for me. How do we continue to be aware of the presence of God? How do we continue to be the peace? If we lost this peace, we've lost this aw- awareness of the presence. Wow. Because Holy Spirit is peace, yes. right? Yep. And so if our peace leaves, then we disconnected from Holy Spirit somehow. Whether that was the email we read, it was the conversation we had with that mm. individual, yeah. if it was the, the bill that came in the mail, if it was the customer that ticked us off, somehow we disengaged and we lost peace. Now we're now functioning out of our own flesh and our own strength, our own abilities. Whatever we create in our strength and our own abilities, we have to maintain. Yes. If, but if we can move and stay in the rhythms of peace and knowing when he's staying go and stop, there's a grace Grace is that supernatural enabling power to do what he's called us to do. So That's good. one definition of grace. And so I, I remember one time the Lord said, Tim, if you justify or, uh, or try to reason out what you're doing, you disconnect or disqualify, disconnect yourself from the grace that I have for you. Mm. Because when God speaks, there is grace with a supernatural enabling power to do what he said to do, right? Yes. So if he speaks to us to do something, there's a grace, there's a supernatural enabling power to do it. But when we reason out to do something else, because it makes more sense, it's wow. what everybody else is expecting us to do. It's what we're supposed to do. We actually disconnect ourselves from the grace that was on us to do what God called us to do. And wow. that had to do with my family. I remember the Lord saying, I, I was struggling because I had work. I'm like, I should go home with my family. I need to do it. And the Lord, that's when the Lord told me that. I said, okay, what do I do? He goes, ask me. So I'm there. It's five o'clock. I'm like, oh, I got this project. Holy Spirit, what do I do? He goes, go home. I got you covered. But I got this customer's waiting for me. I need to. Tim, you're justifying. You're reasoning out. You're trying to. Obligation. You're trying to make sense in the natural mm-hmm. of what I'm telling you, giving you permission to do and giving you grace to do. Other times the Lord says, no, stay at work. And when I chose to do the things that the Lord led me to do, there's incredible grace at home when I was supposed to stay at work. And my kids were doing great. My wife was doing great. When I chose to stay at work, when the Lord said, to, uh, or when I chose to go home, God actually worked on my behalf and helped bring solutions for that problem or that project that made it go so quickly. And wow. so there's a grace for us when we walk with him. And that's the practical application I'm talking about. All right. Well, thanks so much for sticking through with us to the end. This is only part one, and I pray that you've been as blessed as I've been so far. Make sure that you tune in next week as well for part two and the conclusion of this interview with Tim Walls. There's so much more value to come, so you don't want to miss it. I'll be back next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Central. Of course, you can listen anytime after that as well. But I really do appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to click and to listen. I hope you have an awesome, awesome week.